Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Welcome to the show, gearheads. What a great start to 2021 for Formula One. We got to see Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen battle it out. Max, take the lead and give it back. Oh, that had to be excruciating. But I tell you what, I think apparently since it was a race control decision, I am so happy to have them making that decision now rather than about four hours from now. We've got we've seen that happen so many times in the last few years. This is John Massengale. I'm sitting in the studio in Austin, Texas, and I am joined by Les Kaiser and Bob Varsha. Mr. Varsha, I'm so excited to have you this season. What do you think of the race itself? And then what do you think of the decision of this of race control calling that immediately rather than us having to wait until the afternoon? Uh, I came to the audio late. You mean the uh, the call on uh, Verstappen having to give the lead back to Lewis? Exactly. You know, the fact that yeah. we didn't have to wait on that. Yeah, I, actually, I prefer, I know this is speaking broadly, but I prefer that the the stewards of race control in particular make those decisions right away. Let's not have decision-making taking place after the race, potentially changing the result that the fans saw. Um, and I thought it was a fair decision. Uh, it was it was clear that Verstappen had gone off track. Whether it actually gave him an advantage or not, the rule is the rule. He was all four off, and uh, it was the right call, I think, to give it back. Tough luck for Verstappen once again, who's been second at least a half a dozen times in the last year or so, uh, and a brilliant drive by Sir Lewis Hamilton. Well, Bob, what do you think about his past, though, Verstappen's past? Can we, I mean, pretty much blame it on himself that he yeah. either went, just, you know, got too excited and went too early or, or just didn't get it done right? Well, we knew it was going to be close. You know, Verstappen had the fresher tires, but, you know, as you, as you drive, as you try to catch Hamilton, you're using up those tires. And uh, when he got close, we see it so many times in Formula One, he began to lose grip, maybe got a little overexcited at the idea he was going to be able to make this pass. And um, yeah, made mistakes, start sliding around. At one point, I thought he had a slow puncture. He was sliding around so much. But I think it was just enthusiasm and that lack of, of downforce and the backwash from Lewis's car ahead. Yeah, Les Kaiser, what do you think today? Uh Excellent race. Uh, I'm good with it. There was a lot of excitement all up and down the field. So that was great. The uh, the combination of uh, drivers up front, you know, it was great seeing Max and Lewis go at it and have so many, so many uh, tight fights and, and 
the other looking back, uh, I was enjoying watching Lando and Ricardo go yeah. after each other and very cleanly at that. Uh, I think that was great. Showed both skills and uh, that's the competitiveness, competitiveness we expected from those guys on the call. Yes, absolutely. Love having the call right away. You know, I, I'm guessing they went immediately to uh, to video of it to see and validate what what I think the rest of us saw without that. <laughs> but uh, that would be a, a good one. I like the call like that, doing it. Was it too aggressive? Uh, what I'll say, or I'll say, was it too swift for Max to let, to give that spot back right away? I think in hindsight, he'll probably wish he held off just a little bit to have that pass take place in a different place where Max would have a better advantage. But uh, beyond that, that's the game that's played. That's what, what the guys do. I mean, yeah. it was a great race up front, but it's too bad we missed a lot of late position changes in that race. I don't know if my list is completely accurate, but Perez got by Leclerc for fifth. Uh, Yuki Sonoda got by Lance Stroll for ninth, picking up points in his debut event. And uh, and we had a couple of guys drop out at the end. Gasly went out, Latifi went out, and that moved uh, young Mick Schumacher up to uh, 16th place, I'm thinking. so. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I just saw somebody tweeted at us. It looks like Yuki Sonoda becomes the first number two, or excuse me, first F2 graduate since Stoffel Van Doren to score points on his F1 debut. That's pretty cool. But Les, you were talking mm-hmm. about some of the battles. What about, it's like it's 2012 again. We had Alonzo and Vettel going at it pretty good back there. That was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, I was glad, you know, even as far back as Vettel was, that there was somebody there to battle with him. Yeah. Uh, I keep expecting Vettel to be up front, and, uh, you know, it didn't happen again. And, of course, Alonzo going out with problems with the car, that all-too-familiar feeling for him. But he looked pretty good this weekend, and I, that is a shame that we didn't see him get to battle it out some more. But um, there were several things that I wrote down in my notes here. What about when uh, – Speaking of Vettel, I think it was lap 46, Vettel hit Ocon in the back. To me, that was clearly a Vettel mistake. Bob, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He complained on the radio that he thought Ocon had changed his line. But on the TV, at least, I mean, Martin Brundle said 100% Vettel's fault. Ocon never moved. And as uh, David Gruff said, well, which direction did Alonso think Ocon, I mean, that Vettel think Ocon was going to go. It's a right-hand turn. He's over on driver's <laughs> left. He never wavered. And, you know, Seb just drove into the back of him. Again, as I said in our pre-race show, I mean, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing with Seb Vettel. Um, you know, if things aren't going his way, they go way off the cliff. So, Yeah, it's really – I just wonder how – you know, because we. it's like you want to get inside of his head and see what's going on because – is it is it just that it, that he needs that type of car like we talked about, or I, I don't know, but it's uh, it's not not good for for Vettel right now. But uh, what about some of the other drives? Look at Lando Norris uh, had a great drive in fourth position. Les, I know you love fantastic. Yeah, I know you love uh, yeah. Lando. Absolutely, that was a fantastic drive. Uh, you know, I think that is what we should expect from him. Now he's got a solid car. He's got his own skills that he brings to the table. The team performed excellent for him. We didn't see any disasters. Uh, I think Lando is going to show what he's capable of this year. You know what, We guys? mentioned on the pre-race show that, that – what's that? Go ahead, Bob. 
Well, I was going to say, we mentioned the previous show that Norris really had to do well against Ricardo to cement his standing as a, as a man of the future, if not the present. And I think he did that today. I'm not sure what Ricardo's problems were, but Norris was the McLaren team leader today, no question. Guys, and Perez going from, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. The car stops. He has to make a pit lane, uh, pit lane start. And he comes all the way through and finishes fifth. I mean, brilliant stuff. I think Perez is going to get driver of the day. The F1 voting should be out here in just a second. But, but guys, look at this finishing grid and how well this bodes for this season. I mean, Hamilton and Verstappen, that's going to be the battle all season. Botas gosh, had a, a stuck right front tire and 11 second pen, I mean, uh, pit stop. But, but man, look at this at this finishing order we got lando and uh, and ricardo in there you got charles leclerc looked great he was holding both he had, had a great battle with ricardo and norris in there and of course uh carlos signs and sonoda and stroll i mean all the way down i mean it's going to go from from red bull mercedes down to i mean really all the way down maybe even to williams maybe that's a stretch but for sure to the alpha male cars that it's going to be a lot of fun to watch all the way through the grid. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys. We're all well bunched. And yep. how about Yuki Tsunoda? How about that, that Japanese kid? I mean, he wasn't taking shade off of anybody. He kept attacking, attacking. I don't know who he's battling with, but he was going to stick his nose outside, inside. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of Cowboy Kamui Kobayashi years ago, who stuck an incredible pass on uh, David Coulthard in the post-race um, press conference uh, DC, who j- just turned 50 this weekend, <laughs> turned to uh, young Kamui and said, I never would have attempted a move like that. <laughs> and, and Kamui looked at him and said, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I know These one of those that, are, are that I saw. I saw Sunoda. I wrote in my notes, lap 27. He was about 10 car lengths back on Alonzo and just lunged it in there on Alonzo, exactly what you're talking about. And he didn't care who he was doing that on, world champion or not. <laughs> it was awesome. That's right. Um, what about when, uh, I mean, yeah, there, I was noticing the pit stops, right? I mean, we, we are used to Red Bull being right near two seconds, always setting the lap every year. Um, Botas had that horrible pit stop, but there were several that were slow. I saw several in the mid threes. I mean, it is first race of the season, but I think that as tight as this season is, that's going to be that's going to play a factor as well. And we got to what that's something we can keep an eye on as the season progresses. But I'm um, just looking down the grid a little bit, thinking about you see where George Russell he ended up in 14th ahead of Vettel, and um, finishing yeah right behind Ocon ahead of Vettel. And Les, what do you think of of Russell's drive today? Russell did good. He's uh, earning his stripes. He just needs to keep being there. This is, uh, you know, I think that's going to be a, a telltale. He's, I just like that he is appropriately aggressive and then reserved. I don't see him being a wild card that you don't know who's showing up that day. He was actually up in the points at one point until he just stayed out too long on his tires and gave up about five or six positions before he was able to get to the pits. But as we said in the pre-race, I mean, Russell was the absolute star of this race at the end of last season. So, you know, obviously he's he's got the goods. You know, Bob, I'm thinking about this. I'm asking about Russell because at one point in the race, uh, you know, Botas made a mistake along the way somewhere. I, don't, I didn't put it in my notes, but uh, and I was thinking – is is 
there a move to Mercedes sooner than, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Hamilton. Is Hamilton going to retire or not? But if Hamilton doesn't retire, do you think there's a shot that that George Russell might end up in Mercedes next year? I think there's very much a shot. You know, Valtteri Botas is out of contract again. He's been on a series of one-year deals. So uh, that seat is potentially vacant. I don't know if you saw um, Zach Brown from uh, McLaren, and, and I'm sure he did this deliberately to play head games with the, uh, with the Mercedes <laughs> team, said he could see a totally different driver lineup next year. And one of those drivers was George Russell. I can't remember who the other one was, but I mean, it was totally off the wall and, and of course, Mercedes rose to the bait and had to say, no, 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 they, oh, there's no, nothing planned, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, <laughs> Hamilton will be there as long as he wants to be. I think Botas's seat potentially could be available at the end of the year. And, and Russell, I would think, would be, you know, first in line, unless Norris outdoes him because Norris, you know, is in a Mercedes-powered car now. And I would think they have to like what they see of him. Yeah, good point. Good point. I mean... Uh, you never know how this stuff plays out. Hey, I just saw a tweet. Sebastian Vettel picked up two penalty points for mm -hmm. his collision with Ocon. Uh, yes. Yeah, so wait a minute. So that's five penalty points in the course of one day. Wow. Uh, well, yeah, but that, that just confirms what we said earlier. It's absolutely crystal clear that that move was, was, uh, Vettel's fault, but, mm -hmm. but looking down the grid also, we talked about Sonoda's having a great day. What about Lance Stroll? You know, it, it, ever since he's come into the sport, uh, he's had that stigma of, you know, da daddy-son driver. But, you know, he seems to be proving himself pretty good. What do you think of his drive today, Bob? I, you know, solid. Um, you know, Lance has had some uh, brilliant moments in qualifying. He has had a podium. He's not without skills, um, although he carries that burden, as you said, of, uh, of daddy's money. But, um, yeah, he's solid. He picked up a point today. His teammate did not. Um, so Vettel leads Stroll in penalty points, at least. Um, <laughs> he has more. No, I don't I think, think that's uh, the way that's supposed to work. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. Uh, no, I think, you know, Stroll did a good job. Obviously, um, Aston Martin needs to work on that car. You know, I don't think it's the car that either driver really wants right now. Um, and it'll have to get better. During the broadcast uh, on ESPN, we heard Otmar Safnauer, the American uh, team principal at that squad, he implied, he's always playing his cards close to his vest, but he implied that they had something for the field. And of course, it never really quite materialized with Vettel's problems and then, uh, you know, and Stroll wandering around at the back of the top 10. All right. Well, boys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about the Formula One Bahrain Grand Prix. We've got some other things that we're going to talk about too Americans in Formula One and how Americanized the sports have become. Back after a quick break. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. We just watched Lewis Hamilton beat Max Verstappen in the Bahrain Grand Prix in Formula One. And we have a caller on the line now. We have Andy P., one of the regulars. Andy, how are you, buddy? What did you think of the race? Was that not fun? <laughs> that was Absolutely. great. Absolutely. What a great way to start, right? I mean, when, when I've said this many times before. When this sport gets it right, it gets it way right. And if this is one of 23, they're all going to be awesome to watch all year long. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm, Andy. And, yeah, I, I mean, there was so much to watch up and down the grid, man. It, it was it was almost, you know, this is where if you have F1 TV, you can use all those different camera angles and watch everything that you can. But, man, wasn't it exciting to to not just have a great race at the front, but all over the grid? Oh, it was, it was great. I mean, you literally sometimes didn't know where which battle to, to watch. You know, you're looking at the timing screens. You're looking all over the place. But, I mean, it was, yeah, just fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm just so excited for uh, what the potential is, not only to actually have a battle at the front, that Max versus Lewis thing is going to be, I think, a titanic battle. Uh, and hopefully it goes all year long and goes all the way to the last race. Hey, Andy, I want to ask you something. We were during the commercial break, um, we were just talking about one of the subjects we want to address, and that's track limits. What do you think about the way they uh, were treating all that today? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't count myself as a huge like track limits police person, but and, and sometimes it gets, I, I actually get a little frustrated with it. You know, when they take a whole lap, I think they should tell the driver right away. You know, if, if you're going to enforce track limits, you should tell the driver right away during qualifying. Hey, that lap is dead, or you know, there should be some sort of indicator there. But you know, in the race, there was no consistency between what they said they were going to do, which is 
they were going to basically give you like three strikes and then warn you and then maybe give a penalty. And, and then they didn't even bother to do that um, until really late in the race when, you know, if it wasn't for those camera shots, I think of Lewis going way wide. I wonder if they even address it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good point. But uh, Andy, I saw that when we tweeted out that uh, Bob Varsha was going to be joining us, you were the first guy to tweet back us and, and say you were excited do you have any questions for Mr. Varsha? Uh, well, first of all, Bob, it's, a, it's an honor to speak to probably the, the guy who introduced me to this sport. Um, so, you know, this is kind of a, a moment for me. But um, I, this is just something I've always wanted to, to ask you. Your call on that 08 Brazil race with Matchett and Hobbs, I think, was one of the best final lap calls I've ever heard. Is there ever a record of it anywhere? I've never been able to find it. It might not be out there on YouTube. Um, I'm sure there's something somewhere, you know, whether or not it's commercially available or not, I don't know. But but thank you for saying that. That is one of my favorite moments in Formula One, I have to say. Yeah, I think that was probably the moment that I, I, I became, I went from a normal fan to probably where I am today. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. Thank you for, for, for all your efforts over the years. Uh, I'm, I'm, and I'm super glad that you're, you're back on, on live there. Uh, you know, doing the pre and post uh, with, with these uh, awesome guys. Thank you. That's very kind. Well, Andy, thanks a lot, buddy. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you calling and uh, look forward to hearing from you the rest of the season. I know you're McLaren boys. You did. You got to be happy with that, right? Oh, yeah. They, they did really good. It was good to see Lando getting his elbows out a little bit. Good, clean racing. The battle with Leclerc, I thought was awesome. It, I think it's going to be Mercedes versus, or I'm sorry, McLaren versus uh uh, Ferrari for P3, and that battle looks really fun, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a good one. All right, thanks, Andy. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, have a good one. Hey, that's a good transition, guys. We really hadn't touched on Ferrari today, and we touched that there was a, there was that good battle. But, um, but you know, like Andy just said, I think this this could be uh, the battle between Ferrari and McLaren. But, but Bob, what do you think of Ferrari today, and what do you think about going forward? Um, I, I think they look solid, you know, uh, coming back from the depths of 2020, uh, I don't know how much we can expect. They say they're in better shape, and it certainly appeared that way. Getting both cars to the finish in the points has to be seen as, uh, you know, as a little victory for Ferrari. And I'm sure they'll take it, having finished sixth in the championship uh, among uh, constructors last year. So, yeah, I'm hopeful. I think Carlos Sainz Jr. had some some bad luck. Um wrong place, wrong time, that kind of thing. Uh, Leclerc drove well, got demoted by Perez at the end, but Perez was just such a force <laughs> in this race that, um, you know, there's no dishonor in that and finishing in sixth place. But, uh, yeah, I think Ferrari looks promising. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I am looking right now and to see, but I, it's almost got to be Perez that gets driver of the day. You know, I don't think they've released it yet, but, but yeah, wasn't Perez fun to watch once again coming from behind, from the back like that and having a great race? That I just can't. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is just seeing him. You know, I was watching again. I was watching that Drive to Survive yesterday, the last few episodes, and watching him at after the uh, after Bahrain when he thought he was done, right? When he thought this was in my last race, and mm. he was. You know, thanking everyone for all his years in the sport and to come back and, you know, leave this, you know, what he thought maybe leaving the sport with this win and that was going to be it. 
to coming back this year. He's really one of my favorite characters in in Formula One right now, you know, because he is obviously so consistent and talented as a driver. But but what a what a nice guy too, and what a gentleman. Yeah, and uh, let's not forget he came from last to win on this track last year. So he may want to buy a condo in Bahrain <laughs> and just do all of his racing there. But yeah, Perez is a, he's a good guy, obviously a very good driver. Uh, one of the real wizards in terms of tire management. You know, we always laugh at, you know, the, the pit wall engineers who tell drivers, okay, go faster, but save fuel. You know, mm. don't use the brakes so hard, but get all over that guy. Yeah. Uh, don't use up the tires, but go fast. You know, that kind of thing. But Perez, like Scott Dixon in IndyCars, can save fuel like nobody's business. Perez seems to be able to, you know, he's the tire whisperer among the Formula One drivers <laughs> right now. He just knows what these Pirellis need and, and, and gets the most out of them. I know. I, I'm just thinking back a few years ago when, how oh, I can't remember the race, but he just... He made a, a set of tires last like 30 laps beyond what they were supposed to. Yeah. And you just wonder how in the world does he do that? And obviously yeah. being a smooth driver, but Hey, Les, I want to ask you about when we first started doing these shows almost 10 years ago. Now, Lewis Hamilton was your guy. And today, you know, we haven't really even talked about it that much, really what he did after, uh, after Max gave the, the lead back holding off Max Verstappen because, you know, Verstappen, the old Verstappen would have said, no way, I'm not giving it back. But I think he gave it back so quickly because he thought he could get it back. But Hamilton held him off. I mean, that was amazing. Yeah, Hamilton, you know, was on ancient tires by that point. And there was a lot of skill in that. I know we just talked about Perez and how he manages them. Hamilton uh, has done that several times, whether it's being overly dramatic or whatever. But the facts are he was on some really old tires and I did expect Max to come right back and regain that very quickly. I think he would have a better chance had he not given up that spot when he did uh, and then strategized to be right in the right place for that uh, later on in the lap. But yeah, uh, Hamilton by no means, uh, don't cut him short. The guy is talented, skilled in working on the old tires. It's uh, impressive. Bob, where do you put Hamilton, you know, after doing the sport for so many years, watching some of the, you know, Schumacher and all the rest, where do you put Hamilton in your mind? All time? Yes, sir. Uh, I think he has to be rated right up there with, uh, I mean, certainly top 10. I mean, obviously we're talking, you know, apples and oranges here comparing sure. eras of Formula One, but his statistics are just, um, they speak for themselves. You know, the fact that today he took away Michael Schumacher's record for most laps led uh, in a career, um, his yeah. 96th career victory, which, you know, 25 years ago when I started this thing, this, this, with this series, you know, it seemed impossible. But, um, you know, the sport changes, you have to change with it. And, uh, Lewis Hamilton certainly did that, but he's proven over and over again. And yeah, I know people think it's all about the car, but it's not. I mean, today was a great example of that. As Les pointed out, on old threadbare tires, Lewis was able to hold off uh, probably the most aggressive guy in Formula One on fresher tires with arguably a faster car who had led every practice, started from pole, <laughs> and yet Lewis Hamilton found a way to eke this race out. This doesn't happen you know, serendipitously. 
You know, the, the guy is simply that good. Now, whether he's better than the than the greats that we've seen in the past or the Michael Schumachers and the and the Juan Fangios and so forth, you know, it's not for me to say, but but I think he deserves to be in that conversation for for greatest of all time. Bob, I was right there with you. And it's interesting you brought up Juan Fangio and I always think of Sterling Moss and Juan, you know, their battles were amazing. I mean, things that went on and the things that they got involved with away, whether it was willingly or getting kidnapped in Cuba, it was a, uh, <laughs> it was a really interesting thing how at that time, those two guys transcended the sport and became major celebrities in the world back in those days. Yeah. And that's where I feel like Lewis Hamilton is on the way to doing something like that, where he transcends the sport and he's out in other things. We know he's playing with the music career he's working on. And, you know, he's certainly in front of the camera away from racing as much as can be. So yeah. I, I see kind of a parallel of that generation and those two guys specifically with what Lewis is doing. Mm -hmm. and, and thinking about that last, those last three laps, you, you know, the commentators pointed out that Lewis made a small mistake and obviously not enough to, to give up the lead. But that's what, to me, makes the difference for Lewis Hamilton, is that he so rarely makes a mistake. It's funny. I remember last year, I was in the last two years, I was really watching for mistakes from Lewis Hamilton. And it would seem like he would make one or two on Friday or maybe even early in qualifying. It's almost like he's just, he knows when it has to be perfect. And that's to me, is, is what makes the biggest difference because you know, if you just look at raw race skill, maybe Max or Leclerc are, are as good as Hamilton or better, but he just never makes mistakes. I mean, let's face it, Max made a mistake when he went too wide and, and cost him the win. And just Hamilton just does not make those mistakes. And well, keep in mind, too, I mean, Hamilton is, what, 34, 35 years old now, and Max Verstappen is 23 and has already done well over a hundred Grand Prix starts. So there, there is a huge experience gap there. Um, and the time will come for Lewis Hamilton, and I'm sure he would be the first to admit that. It's not there yet, but uh, you know, he has dominated the way, you know, a Tiger Woods dominated golf for a while. You know, came in and made everybody realize that there is, you know, a, another level that can be reached if you've got the commitment and the skills and everything. Um, you know, those days are, are past for Tiger, and they will come to pass for Lewis as they do with any athlete. Uh, but right now, Lewis and Mercedes as a combination, his engineers, his mechanics, uh, the team management and so forth are, uh, are just a magical combination. Yeah, and I think of Red Bull being a right now a pretty close second because you think about how good they are in pit stops and how 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 good they can be at making strategic decisions they did it perfectly today right strategically they put max in exactly the position he needed to be in to win the race mm -hmm. and it it didn't happen but they they did almost everything right and that's the problem is that mercedes just does virtually everything perfectly it's it's really you know, we just have one day we're going to look back and go, there's a reason that they did so well. But let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion of Formula One and the Bahrain Grand Prix. You listen to Speed City F1 back after a short break.
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files to the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Hello, I'm Jenny Gare from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, guys, I want to um, talk a little bit more about the Bahrain Grand Prix before we move on to some other topics, because i got some fun stuff we want to talk about, Americans in the sport, and uh, but thinking about uh, the race today, I, I can't, you know, we haven't, there's not a lot to talk about with the Haas F1 team right now in as far as race mode goes. So, you know, the both guys spun, right? Masbin spun on the first lap, spun and hit the wall, and he's done. And Schumacher spun in a very similar way, looked like a little hard on the throttle, car spun right out. He, he was able to join the race and finish the race, although he did, was the last car to, to be driving and finish, finishing 16th. But, um, Bob, I want to ask you, what do you, first of all, what do you think? I mean, I know it's really hard to tell, but what do you think about those spins? Do you think it was driver error or since they both did it? Do you think it's just something in the car they're going to have to address? What's your first thought when that happened? Well, um, you know, Les might be a, a better judge than I, but it certainly looks like the car has a specific characteristic that caught out both drivers. As we said in the pre-race show, Haas has said they're not going to change their car from last year, not going to develop the thing. Uh, obviously, 
this is the kind of problem I think that more testing uh, would have would have resolved. The guys, you know, just have to learn where you get on the throttle and and so on. Um, these are not uneducated drivers. I mean, they're both terrific drivers, but they both had the same mistake and less. I don't know if you agree, but to me, that says there's something about the car. Absolutely. I agree. You know, with each dynamic of the aerodynamics that they're dealing with, uh, the weight, the way power is applied, everything, this, this piece behind me used to be, you know, revered by sports car drivers, but detested by people that let off in a curb. Thing would swap ends right quick. Mm -hmm. And so that is one of those things that once you get through that and you learn, don't let off the throttle on this. You need to stay, save it and stay on there and then power out. Yeah. I think these guys are going to have to learn some approach to accomplish what they were doing that wasn't successful, successful today. And look at it this way. Uh, Mick Schumacher did something his father never did. Michael didn't finish the race in his Formula One debut. <laughs> didn't even get off the start line, basically. But Mick Schumacher went, you know, 56 laps today and and finished the race. So good on him. Yeah, good point, Bob. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm automatically, you know, get a little sad when you say that. Just be thinking about him, you know, Michael Schumacher being able to see his son. We have no idea where, whether he is able to see his son race or, or what that <clears throat> what that's like. So, yeah. but in a quick comment on that. We've, I've had some messages about what's the latest in Michael Schumacher. Uh, we are some of the crowd that says we will only report from reliable family sources. Mm -hmm. And so please understand, we're not going to proliferate on rumors or speculation. Yeah, I have. Yeah, basically, there is no update on Michael Schumacher. Yeah, there is none and really has never been one. So, but uh, but yeah, so the Haas F1 team's got, we don't know what the year's going to look like, but uh, I have a feeling it's going to look a lot like today. But uh, we had we caught up with Gunther lots last year. We probably had him on the show three or four times, and we'll probably do that again this year and see if we can catch up with him and see what, what they're thinking and see how he's, uh, if he's pleased or not with the decision they made and see how that goes along the year. But, but I think, guys, I want to... Um, I want to talk about the Americans in the sport because it has become, uh, it's really amazing the transition, the, the American involvement over the last few years has skyrocketed. Number one, when Liberty Media bought the entire series. So we've got an American company that owns it. We've got the Haas F1 team that was even before that. You've got the investment in both Williams with Doralton Capital, uh, they they essentially own that team now, and then you've also got an American and te American team investing in the McLaren team, and it's really and now that we've got now that the world is really a a single community with social media, I think that we well obviously we've seen the the numbers on ESPN the ratings numbers have started to grow more and more, and now with net the Netflix series bringing so much light to it. I think it's really put us in a great spot to grow the sport better than we ever have. And Bob, who better to ask this question than you who've been involved in it so long? What do you think about that? Do you think we're poised to, to make a make a big jump, like maybe even like soccer has done in the United States? Yeah, it could be. I mean, this is this is really nothing new. I used to get a bit frustrated uh, back in the 
in the 90s, let's say, when uh, people would say, you know, there's, there's no American influence in Formula One, American uh, resources have been invested in Formula One for quite some time. There's a company called BlackRock that held uh, uh, shares in Formula One for a long time. There was even a, a teacher's pension fund somewhere in the United States, might have been Texas, who, uh, who had a piece of Formula One for a while. So, you know, it's not unusual for Americans to be there. Um, our old friend Tavo Hellman, who was there at the beginning at Circuit of the Americas, is uh, working with some others to form a fund, and they have made it clear that they intend to go after uh, Formula One assets of one kind or another, maybe up to and including buying a race team. So that's that's an interesting prospect. So, yeah, it's great to see Doralton Capital out there and to see, um, you know, Liberty Media running it. I'll, I'll split some hairs here. Liberty didn't buy Formula One. They bought what Bernie Ecclestone used to have, which was the commercial rights to Formula One. Formula One's owned by the FIA, essentially. Um, but it's all about the Benjamins. And uh, that's what Liberty Media owns, is the commercial rights to Formula One. So um, be that as it may, yeah, it's great to, uh, to have American investment out there. Well, and one of the other areas is uh, some of the big names that are interested in reaching the Formula One audience. CrowdStrike, perfect example. Mm -hmm. But then think of yet another dynamic, and that's the captain, Roger Penske, said, thinking about Formula One, coming back to Indy, that he's uh, interested in it. And so mm -hmm. we'll see if that materializes. Could be. That'd be interesting. Better not wind up like it did the last few times there, though. <laughs> yeah, I remember asking Michael Andretti at the uh, U.S. Grand Prix out at Circuit of the Americas once uh, if he'd be interested in a, a Formula One team. And he said, yeah, under the right circumstances. Uh, and Michael is so closely associated with Zach Brown and United Autosport. Um, you know, not out of the realm of possibility if we saw uh, the Andretti name involved in Formula One in the not too distant future. Speaking of Andretti, I also spoke to him, happened to be at the uh, MotoGP and Moto America weekend mm -hmm. and asked him what he was doing here. And so uh, I had a little hint because Wayne Rainey said he's expecting Michael to come speak to him. <laughs> and so uh, there's even an interest there. The uh, Andretti crew, uh, a lot of them ride the Ducatis and things like that. And then, uh, <laughs> but not sure that would be the brand he would go with when I spoke to him back then. Well, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, hey guys, I did just see uh, Formula One tweeted, uh, driver of the day, Checo Perez. All and, right. Woohoo! Yeah. Well-deserved. Yeah, well-deserved, and I'm happy about that one. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. I think that he is going to be one of the fun stories to watch this year, but... Uh, yeah, I'm just speaking, going back to the American Americans involved. I didn't even talk about you know Zach, Zach Brown, Altmaier. We have all these these influential people, but but mm -hmm. I, you know I still think what's what would really make it stick is an American driver. And guys, we've got two American drivers in Formula Three this year in FIA Formula Three because you know Juan Manuel Correa, who was involved in that horrific accident at Spa. Uh, has got his career going again, right? So he's going back to uh, he's going back to stepping back and going to FIA Formula Three, and uh, but also um, you've got um, you've got Jack uh, Jack Crawford also in Formula Two. So you know those 
those are the things that would really accelerate the sport. Imagine if we could all get behind an American driver with all of this other American influence and really pump up the the interest in the sport. Because if we could if we could get even close to the uh, the momentum, even just the same trajectory that soccer had, then I think we could make a big difference and and grow the sport. So I love all the efforts that have been made that we're doing all these different things, but. But let's talk about, let's take a look going forward, gentlemen. So we have a three week, we have three weeks until the next race. Um, what do you do, Bob, if you are a Sebastian Vettel's psychiatrist? How does that conversation look to you? <laughs> uh, I don't think Sebastian is that fragile psychologically. I think he probably has a pretty good handle on what went well and what didn't for him today. Uh, and hopefully he'll channel that in a positive way and go back to the engineers and say, you know, here's what the car was doing um, and here's what I need it to do. So, you know, what, what can we do about that? Um, clearly with the right, with the right weapon in his hands, uh, Sebastian is, is very good as all these guys are. Um, there's a lot of truth to the fact that it's about the car in formula one, but it's also about the driver. It's also about the team and, and, um, I, I, Sebastian will be fine, I think, as long as he uh, he realizes what he did wrong. I'm, I'm sure as soon as the words were out of his mouth when he said that Esteban Ocon had changed lines on him, he thought, oh, man, I'm, <laughs> nobody's going to buy that. Why did I even say that? <laughs> uh, so, you know, anyway, I think we'll we'll see shades of the old Sebastian if they can put the car under him that he needs. I yeah. tell him, okay, Sebastian, just go back to your garage, work on that classic vintage motorcycle collection and Get your head back in shape and let's come on. Do it again. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I um, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with both of you guys. I think I think Vettel is 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 in trouble, but I could be wrong. And I think Bob Varsis probably knows better than I do, but I feel like he's in trouble and just I don't know if he's gonna ever really contribute a lot here. So I maybe I'm wrong and hope you're right, Bob. I wouldn't I'd hate to see him go out that way. But I, I did uh write in my notes over the weekend, I saw him get interviewed. And the interviewer was asking him all the normal questions. And then she said, well, you seem really relaxed. And, you know, after having uh, a bad qualifying and he interrupted her and snapped back quickly, said, what would it do if I would it be helpful if I panicked right now? I mean, he was very, very sensitive to that question and immediately snapped back. But anyway, it's uh, we got a long season to go and uh, we'll see how that goes. But. Uh, last, let me ask you this. What are you thinking of, of the stories after after one race behind us? What are you going to be watching? What's your your most favorite thing to be thinking of going forward? I'll start off with one that is not my favorite, and that's the Haas boys. Yeah. The, uh, the favorite, watching Max and Hamilton and Leclerc all up there battling. That is going to be a great combination. Just a uh, interesting, fun storyline is I'm waiting to see what Lando and Ricardo come up with. Can you imagine what our interviews are going to be like this year with those two in close proximity to each other? <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be good in the in the garage at Coda again. Um, we actually, I remember going way back with with Daniel Ricardo back when he was, um, yeah, it was before Red Bull and. He, he was back then exactly the same as he is now, very approachable and very, but very confident and smile ear to ear, same as he is today. 
And, uh, yeah, I, I, I do look forward to having them back-to-back. And maybe we'll get them both in the same interview like we did a couple of teams last year. Um, all right, guys, let's let's look at some of the other things that t- thinking of moving ahead this season. Bob, when you think about the 23-race schedule this season, first of all, that's pretty grueling. But are there any specific races you're looking forward to, uh, spe- you know, that are that are going to you think of be exciting for you this year? Um, well, certainly I always look forward to Monaco. Uh, and um, the folks in Monaco have declared by God, they are going to have their race come hell or high water. I, I have for the last few years hosted a Mediterranean cruise from Rome or Barcelona that winds up in Monaco for the Grand Prix. It's great fun. Uh, but for the last two years, for reasons of the coronavirus, it's been canceled. So I'd, I'd love to see that go back. But it, you know, that tells you something about, it was canceled because we couldn't get into any of the French or Italian ports along the way, like Cannes or Saint-Tropez or, or uh, Portofino. Um, and I, I just have this looming specter in my mind about what the pandemic's going to mean to this Formula One season. Um, uh, Barcelona is always one of my favorite races. That'll be great fun. Um, of course, the, the British Grand Prix at Silverstone uh, with its history is going to be great fun. Um, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of great races to come, assuming we can have the races. And that's my biggest concern right now. Yeah. You know, I do get a little bit numb to that pandemic. I, I now have had my second vaccination and I'm starting to breathe a little easier now. And I know Les has had his too. In fact, we're going to, I think Les and I are going to be in the studio for the next race together for the first time since well, I don't even remember when, uh, but yeah, but you're right. We're going to have trouble. There's going to be still issues. I mean, we already had some t- uh, test positive cases already. So All right, guys, let's go ahead and take our last break. And when we come back, we'll continue the discussion. Listen to Speed City back after a quick break. traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. 
handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, guys, we haven't really talked much about, we talked about Yuki Tsunoda and how he had a good race. We touched on Gazi that he went out, but... Bob, during the break, you mentioned the fact that you think that they are better than what they show today, and I can't argue with that. Yeah, I think, you know, clearly we talked about Sonoda's heroics. He obviously had a car that he could do good things with, um, but we lost Pierre Gasly from his fifth-place starting position very early in the race. He ran into the back of one of the McLarens, took off his front wing, and uh, and with the field as closely bunched as it is, having to make an unplanned pit stop like that is... um, makes the life very difficult. So, yeah, I think on balance, um, we know how good the Honda is in the Red Bulls, and Alpha Tori is Red Bull Jr., and they've got the same driveline, same engine. So, um, yeah, I think uh, we can expect big things out of them. Maybe challenge the McLarens, for example. Yeah, same same uh, chassis, same engine, same aerodynamicist behind them. And they looked so good uh, last year, too. And, yeah, I think there's plenty to be seen from them this year. And, man, I, the more I think about Yuki Tsunoda, I think he may be one of those that we were talking about in the pre-show, one of those, the future stars. You know, we, we know Max. I mean, Max has now been going. It's funny, Max is such an army. He started so young that we've already seen a ton of Max, but he has such a bright future. 
but Charles Leclerc, but Yuki Tsunoda also. I mean, I, he looks so impressive. Am I getting am I getting ahead of my skis here with him? It's just I'm really excited about him. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. I think he's a he's a great talent. It'd be fun to watch. We have very little data at this point, but um, you know, hopefully we'll we'll learn more over time. Uh, in the minus column, I think um, the former Renault team Alpine did not show very well today at all. They lost Fernando Alonso, brake problem, I think, is what they eventually retired his car with. And uh, Esteban Ocon uh, finished 13th, um, you know, with, a, with an Aston Martin stuck in his car. Uh, so, you know, that was bad luck on his part, but uh, they've got work to do there. Hey, Les, I want to ask you about Lawrence Stroll, not Lance, but Lawrence Stroll, uh, again, I'm going back to the Netflix series, watching the insight we had with him. This guy is an imposing, scary figure. If you're in the boardroom, they showed him go into one of the meetings and Otmar Snaffauer was, was, had to respond to a question. And I've never heard so many, uhs, uh, 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 because when, when Lawrence Stroll walks in the room, he's obviously a big physical guy, but he has this tremendous glare. How do you think he felt today after... His son did good, and Vettel did not so good. You know, I think that's where if Vettel doesn't do better than he did, and if Lance is doing as good as he did, uh, I have a feeling that's a that's going to be a short song with that team for Vettel. The uh, but you're right, Lawrence is imposing. He's obviously a fantastic business person. He might not be your best friend, but wow. I might uh, might consider some business with him if I was on his side. <laughs> he's, he's yeah, such- his record of success speaks for itself. His Ferrari collection speaks for itself. <laughs> I met him on the lawn at Pebble Beach a couple of years ago when one of his his Carrars, a, a 330P, I think, was uh, was in the running for best of show. And uh, he is a, um, a, a an intimidating guy. I mean, he was very <laughs> gracious and, and at the time, but he's a big dude. And uh, I can see that that probably helps in his uh, in his business dealings. <laughs> yeah, when I don't know how he gets in some of these cars he owns, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's quite a guy. Yeah, I uh, I was thinking about uh, the way he. I mean, literally everyone you could see it in the Netflix series where everyone's interacting with him. They're just afraid to say the wrong thing, and uh, I mean, I I know that that can be. Uh, you know, you can get positive results that way, but you can also, you know, can also be a little tough. So we'll see how he does. I don't know if, uh, if he's that way all the time, maybe there's, maybe there's a softer side to him too, but, but it's going to be fun to watch those guys and see how they do in, uh, in the rest of the season. But Les, you had a couple of items in, uh, in the show doc that I, that I spotted. And one of those was, uh, was talking about, um, Yuki Tsunoda is saying, who is he? You know, we've talked about him already, and I'm excited about him, but you said, who is he? And I guess you got a little more in-depth on him, right? Yeah, so Yuki came through a couple of the other series, and uh, he has just been a continuous development with his driving. He's doing great. But I think what we're going to see, besides the obvious things of the Formula One, is that he transitions from series to series very well, coming through the uh, the undercard series. And then even in this week's uh, interviews with him, after qualifying, yes, there are some opportunities, but it was fun 
and I'm going to say, uh, you know, I, I hope it doesn't sound bad, but he has a very comical Japanese presence. He is friendly and joking and silly comments. So I'm watching this guy. I think it's going to be fun to have him. Apparently, he's a bit of a potty mouth on the radio. He told <laughs> journalists this weekend that one of the things he was working on was cleaning up his act because apparently he has a habit of kind of going off on the radio, which is kind of amusing. <laughs> you know, that is so again, common now. <laughs> you see so many drivers doing that. It's the beep, 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 this, that, when they're trying to play it on television. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that does Well, they're in a series where, you know, nobody was eavesdropping on their radios in the in the lower series. Yeah. But now you're in Formula One and the whole world's not only watching, but listening to what you're saying. So you've you got to watch your mouth. No question. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, let's look ahead a little bit. So next race is in three weeks, the Italian Grand Prix. And uh, let's see. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at start times. Uh, we got a... Uh, a 9 a.m. Eastern start time. So that'll be another good, good audience time for the United States. Bob, what do you think about, what are you thinking about when you think of that race? Well, first of all, I'll correct you. It's the Emilia Romana Grand Prix. The Italian is still at Monza, uh, but this one uh, takes us back to, uh, to Imola. Is not, That's right. Is yeah. One of my favorite tracks. It's one of those tracks like Spa Francorchamps in Belgium. It's long elevation changes, lots of different kinds of corners. And as I find myself saying all the time, the thing I like about road racing is that the track makes you feel as though you're actually going somewhere. You're going through different views, different kinds of scenery and all that. It's not a circle track by any stretch of the imagination. And this is one of those classic tracks that make you feel like you're really going somewhere. There's wide open spaces. There's other places where the trees crouch right down by the road. There are places where if you know where to look, you can see the houses behind the fence on the other side, which are probably the most expensive rentals in Italy. <laughs> um, it's just, it's a great track. Sadly, it, it'll never be anything but connected with the deaths of Roland Ratzenberger and Ayrton Senna back in 1994. Um, but it is unquestionably a great track and it's one of my favorites. Well, that'll be fun. You're right. Well, all right, guys, we are just about done here and we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank everybody for calling in and Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, because we do not only a Formula One pre and post, but a Sunday night show every Sunday night. And you can check us out and uh, tune in. And thanks, everybody. And we'll talk to you next Sunday. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.